G'day guys, welcome back to another installment of the Pelican Scoop. It is I, Lyle Swithenbank. The game got postponed, the game against the Spurs, so the homestand um, has not yet commenced. Um, there's a lot of conjecture around Twitter as to what happened. Andrew Lopez reported uh, with Woj that the issue with the postponement in the Spurs-Pelicans game is that a potential coronavirus exposure to a non-team member of the travelling parties of both teams in recent days. So they're taking extra precautions. So nothing too uh, dangerous there. It seems like there may have been a bit of contact tracing on one of the travelling party, but otherwise... No dramas. Hopefully, we'll be back on the court for the next game and uh, we'll play the Spurs later on in the year, no doubt. Well, given that we've got no um, game today, I thought I would dig into the archives and dig out a an interview with a very special guest that I did uh, way back, uh, maybe middle of last year, I think. And um, it sat there waiting for a rainy day. It's a good friend of mine, Lucas Walker, who played for the Perth Wildcats. He's played for the Cairns Taipans. He played yeah, Melbourne United. He's, he's played all over. Um, more more recently, he played for the Sydney Kings. And with a player that um, we know as Diddy Lazada. So one of the inaugural next stars in the NBL. Um, I got to sit down and have a chat with Lucas uh, over Zoom while we were doing all this coronavirus um, pandemic lockdowns and the like. Uh, he started a basketball book club, we called it. I think I've talked about it on here a while back while the uh, the last dance was on. So we'd all go and watch the last dance on a Monday night and then on Tuesday we would get on Zoom and, and chat uh, for hours on end. There was about 12 of us and um, yeah, stayed in contact with Lucas since then and he agreed to uh, let me put this little uh, interview with him up on here. It was going to be for something else, but um, you guys deserve it. I'm going to spoil you as it'll get us up over. Um, it'll get us close to the 10,000 downloads, actually, so I appreciate you all for, for tuning in. Uh, as always, I'm at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter and at Pills is the show. Um, I might as well bring Lucas in. Hope you enjoy this one, guys, because I did. Lucas, how are you going, mate? Very well. How are you? Good. How's this? Your inaugural guest. What an oh, honour. Start with the best. You know, everyone else is, is chasing you now. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come and come and have a chat with us. No worries. Um, so first things first, we're in a international pandemic worldwide. Everything's shut down. The world has gone crazy. How's it treating with you? How are you, how are you surviving in this uh in these uncertain times, what's been happening? Uh, too bad, actually. Um, been quite fortunate. Um, you know, we live a pretty simple life, my family and I, and we spend a lot of time at home and just with my daughter going to the park. And so, um, you know, our day to day life hasn't been affected too bad. And I've got a few other things on the side uh, away from basketball that, you know, having all this downtime and, and having to stay inside has been really beneficial because I've had a lot of time to work on that that I might not have had otherwise. So it's actually, strangely enough, it's it's worked out quite well for me. Yeah, I mean, you're lucky with that aspect. You know, there's a whole heap of people out there out there doing it pretty tough. And and you know, you look at Victoria, they've they've shut back down, and that um, yeah, you just you just we're all praying. I think that it just doesn't get any worse than it. It currently is, and, and we're all sending our thoughts out. And I mean, over in Perth, we're a bit we're lucky over here. We had uh, live sport with crowds, and and the AFL's fired back up over here, and uh, in Queensland as well. So 
you know, touch wood that we uh, we keep the lockdowns, uh, or that they work at least, and um, and we can get this sorted sooner rather than later because a bit of normality, I think, wouldn't go astray. Yeah, you guys made the right call over there, shutting it down early. Now you're, um, you know, almost back to almost back to normal. So props to the WA. <laughs> Yeah, we nailed it. Um, yeah, you know, all the successionists and the like are coming out and uh, and waving the flag saying, let's just keep them closed. But, you know, I think we all want that. Uh, it'll all just go back to normal and we can go back to living our lives. Um, I know we're heading into phase five. Uh, they're about to announce, I think, in the coming days. Um, probably when this airs, it'll have been announced that we're heading into phase five soon. So that's basically business as usual from all reports, full crowds and... Uh, yeah, it's exciting to be be over here. I suppose the, the benefit is, is we're so far away from everyone that it uh, that you know we, there's no one coming in to bring it. So if it's not here, it's not yeah. here. Yeah. It's um this is a basketball podcast, and you know we got we got the uh, the sort of pseudo political side of things out of, out of the way. And uh, again, I appreciate your time. The coming season, uh, the NBL has been pushed back to December uh, from from all reports. Free agency is upon us at the moment. There's a whole heap going on. Um, have you been keeping up with with who's going where and, and what's happening on that side of things? Yeah, I have been. Um, just like we talked about before, I follow a lot more basketball pages across my socials now. Um, so, you know, every day I'm seeing a new movement in the NBL and who's still a free agent, who's available. So it's... Um, yeah, it's cool that it's up and running now. Free agency was pushed back a couple of months. So a lot of guys sort of uncertain about where they're going to go or what they're going to do for a while, which is always a bit unnerving. Um, I've been in that boat many times and it's, it's, you know, it's not a great position to be in, not knowing, you know, where you're going to be in a couple of months, but it's up and running now. And then with the date confirmed December 3rd, I think that's, you know, that's a really good result for the NBL. Normally, you know, we start first week of October, mid-October, somewhere around then. So to be only pushed back like six or so weeks, um, yeah, pretty good result. Let's just hope that it kind of stays that way. Absolutely. And, you know, it's um, it's interesting to see that. I think the plan was that was to dodge all the uh, the AFL season and the NRL season and then as well, fingers crossed, that crowds can get back in. I mean, I'm a Wildcats member and Wildcats through and through. And so for me... Seeing the uh, the membership come out and you go and come on, we need some basketball. We're pretty keen for this. Yeah, I mean the the way that the NBL model works is they the clubs make a huge chunk of their profit from ticket sales. We don't have, or the NBL doesn't have a TV deal like the AFL or the NRL that's bringing in huge amounts of revenue. You know, it's a little bit of merchandise here and there. It's um, corporate sponsors and putting bums on seats. So if you can't fill a stadium like Perth Arena with 13,000 or Kudos Bank with 15,000, like you're going to, that's going to hurt. So, and you know, a lot of teams are playing in 10,000 plus seat arenas. So, you know, if you've got the restrictions on how many people are allowed in or you can't have a crowd at all, then you, you know, your bottom line takes a, a pretty big hit. Absolutely. And then, you know, it's the staff and it's the players and all the like who, who suffer as well. And and I think people forget sometimes that it is a business being run and that, yeah, we want live sport back. And But there's people that got to... Con- there's a whole heap of people that are involved in this. And, and um, unfortunately, live sport's been one of the, the hardest hit, I think, with the, uh, with the COVID. And, and fingers crossed we can get back to some crowds fairly shortly. 
So a couple of weeks ago, one well, was more than a couple of weeks ago, actually, it was right at the start when everything got shut down, like all Aussie sport was shut down. The AFL had been postponed after round one, NRL after round two, NBA was canned, like everything, like nothing was there. I found myself watching marble racing on YouTube. Have you ever seen that? No, what is that? So this guy, he just makes um, marble tracks or and they run down hills and they go through tunnels and over jumps and stuff and he puts it all up like it's an F1 Grand Prix, like all the colours have different names and, you know, he's got the grid, who is pole position and he commentates these marbles as they roll through this track. It goes for like eight minutes and then, yeah, I was... I was really missing live sport for a while there. <laughs> that's, that's phenomenal. I mean, for me, it was because um, I don't mind a punt or two. And um, yeah, obviously you do that responsibly. I don't know if I'm meant to plug that. But anyway, um, you know, for me, I was watching the, uh, the Ukrainian table tennis. I was getting right into that. Um, a few of the names there I couldn't pronounce, but um, I knew that I had a few guys uh, that were going to win me a little bit of, bit of dosh. Um, I think that was about the only thing. Uh, I found some streams to be able to watch that online. Um, yeah, I was, I was desperate for a, for a bit of competition, I think. And um, Yeah, I mean, yeah. marble racing, I'll have to go back and start watching that because that sounds excellent. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't have a punt on the marble racing because it was all pre-recorded. It would have been rigged. So I just had to enjoy it for, for what it was. Inner, yeah. inner competitiveness. Yeah, did you have any, uh, any marbles that you were backing over the others or, or just a fan? No, I usually pick one at the start and then just, yeah, I don't know. That is excellent. I did see some guy uh, had been putting ducks in a river. And I saw that on Facebook and uh, a guy was putting all these uh, plastic ducks and he just run them down oh, really? the, uh, yeah. So that was, that was really good as well. Um, yeah, had names and numbers on them. So you could, you could have a, have a punt as to what was, uh, what duck was going to win. So that was pretty interesting. But um, all the, um, all the social pages like Barstool Sports and House of Highlights and all those pages are starting to post some pretty interesting videos of people getting creative with their boredom at home. So, yeah, we're not the only ones, man. <laughs> Whatever people can do to entertain themselves. You know, the US um, has been on lockdown pretty hard. Or well, and they're starting to open back up, but they are in, in some serious strife over there. So it doesn't surprise me that uh, yeah, they're getting inventive as to what to do in the, in the isolation. Um, you actually, I suppose, got to see firsthand what it was like playing with no crowd. Um, you had the Sydney Kings Wildcats at the end of the NBL season. Um, the Wildcats boys were awarded the, uh, the championship and, and, you know, under some controversy, I guess, um, about it all. But again, what was that like in the empty stadium? What was it? Five or I don't know, what, 2,000 people there or something, if that, including staff? Yeah, so um, the first game without a crowd was at Perth Arena, and I think mm. they only, I think they, they might have maxed it out of 500 people. Right. So that was at the stage, like right at the start of the kick ramp before everything was about to sort of blow up and everything was kind of changing by the hour. Um, but yeah, playing in a place like Perth Arena where that crowd is such an advantage for the home team. Like I know from playing for Perth and having them on my side and then obviously against them as well, um, having them against me, not having that crowd there, I think was really, that was quite detrimental to Perth. You know, they, those guys thrive off that energy and I think um, that worked in our favour. But then coming back home to Kudos Bank Arena is, you know, hurts us too because our arena is... Uh, 
over 18,000 at capacity. Um, and by that stage, the restrictions had got even smaller, so we couldn't even get 500 in. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a bit of an eerie feeling to play. I've always said my whole career, I'd rather play in a really tiny gym of 2,000 people with a max capacity than a 18,000-seat arena with six or 7,000 in it, you know? There's just, there's no atmosphere and the sound sort of spreads out. You know, you got that small small gym people packed in it's noisy it's you know you feel like everyone's on top of you it's good but yeah playing in front of without a crowd is um yeah it's not fun yeah well i was in sydney when um for the grand final series just for completely unrelated reasons i saw that the the games are on so the first sydney game i flew in the next day so my family went to that at sydney um so they were there in their Wildcats. They said there weren't very many there, but a few hardcore fans. I was scheduled to go to the the third game, game three, where they did shut it down. And, um, I mean, it was only the day before or, or something that they decided, no, we're not going to have crowds. So it was, it really was, like you said, up to the hour that they were making these decisions. It was pretty eerie watching uh, Sydney close down, that's for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, really weird. Yeah, I had my folks in town for that game three as well. And, you know, they decided that there weren't going to be any crowds. And I thought, oh, they've just they've travelled up from Melbourne for no reason. They won't be able to be let in. But thankfully they were. We were, we were allowed to have a small number of family and friends come in and watch. But, um, yeah, didn't get the result we wanted that game, unfortunately. Yeah, and I was sitting in a in a pub in, in central Sydney watching that. And um, no one else was really paying attention, but I was screaming and carrying on. I think people were more concerned about going home and I was just like, yeah, go Wildcats, happy days. <laughs> now we're going to go back to Perth. And then, yeah, a week later, it's, it's, all, it's all over and people are working it out. And, and you see the videos of, of both teams sitting there finding out over what video screens, I guess, or over, um, you know, that's it's pretty full on. How was the, uh, I know the mentality would have been pretty low. What, what was that like having it decided by the league rather than, I suppose, in a best-of-five series. Um, I felt pretty shit, to be, to be honest. Mm. Like, I, didn't, I, know the, I know the Wildcats guys got together in a room before they read the result out or whatever. But, um, yeah, we just... Whatever we were doing over here in Sydney, we were just doing our own thing. I didn't see any of the guys that day. I wasn't paying attention to, to anything. I just it might have popped up on my social feed somewhere and I just saw it and read it and just kind of rolled my eyes at it and just kind of kept on with my day. I didn't really want to pay too much attention to it. Um, I was already a bit, a bit pissed off about how the season ended. And I mean, it's pretty, it's wild circumstances, but um, yeah, it's not the way you want to go out. But um, yeah, that was a tough, tough couple of weeks. It's still a bit of a um, tough pill to swallow. Um, but you know, shit happens. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And just unprecedented, um, you know, circumstances. I know Perth, I think were pushing to play the rest out. And then a few of the, the Kings guys were like, well, COVID, like let's, let's um, pull it back. And I think it, it really needed, I, I don't know. I, I just do not know how anyone would have made that decision. Um, and I just think oh, I wouldn't want to be in that circumstance. That's for sure. You know that, especially after such a great season from both teams, um, mm. for it to sort of be, uh, I mean, administratively decided rather than than on the court, which I know probably both sides would have been pretty happy with. 
yeah, we would have rather played it out for sure. And I, I guess, I mean, personally, I, I probably, I wasn't 100% sure what the outcome would be, but being down 2-1 in the series with no sort of real time to, uh, you know, play the games at a later date with so much uncertainty, I was kind of like, well, you know, if they were, go- if they were going to award it, it wouldn't be coming to us because we're down in the series. So, yeah, um, disappointing. Would like to have played it out. Felt really confident going into the last two games, um, especially having won there only a couple of days beforehand. Um, but you move on. On to bigger and better things, of course. Um, Let's hope so. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Um, so I was on your, your Wikipedia page this afternoon. I was having a look. And have you ever checked oh, yeah. that out? It's... Uh, I'm sure everything written on there is 100% true. Yeah, well... I don't know, whoever, whoever's updating it, they update it, like, really quickly. Like, as soon as something's happened in the past, like, within a day or the next day, like, it's changed. Like, new profile picture, like, new stats, new updates. I mean, someone's, someone's on the ball. Well, shout out to whoever that is, and they can make themselves know, and that'd be great, because the photo is you signing a... Uh, some merchandise uh, in a Wildcat shirt back in uh, in 2017. So you spent a bit of time over here, and um, I remember you from your mad rebounding skills. Uh, loved an offensive board. Mm. Is that a part of your game that you've always prided yourself on? I mean, geez, you go chasing it on the on the O glass. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just uh, not. Uh, yeah, I guess to a degree, something that I pride my game on. But it was just always something that I could do. I was always very fast and able to jump really high, especially for being six foot eight. So, um, you know, playing like in those mismatches against, you know, bigger guys, you know, it was just, you know, it's, it's rebounding is just outworking someone. Um, and I was just a blue collar guy and yeah, some, sometimes I really got after it. Sometimes it just bounces the right way. But um, yeah, it's a, it was a good, it definitely was, I always focused on, running hard and rebounding hard. And then I just let the rest come to me. Yeah, well, you, you managed to rack them up on a, on a few occasions. Um, yeah, I remember seeing on the, in the West Australian on the newspaper there, you'd, you'd had a big game and, and absolutely clobbing. It might have been double-double, I think. Yeah, that would have been a few years ago now. Um, but awesome. And so I'm still fangirling speaking to you now. I'll admit it. I reckon it's just awesome. Now, <laughs> you, you've played all over the league, a um, few different teams, Melbourne United or... King, uh, Melbourne, uh, what were they before? The Tigers before that. Um, and then, yeah, Cairns, you played at Adelaide, Perth, Sydney. Yeah. Have you got a place that was your favourite? Um, were you on the spot? No, I got, I got places like Perth was definitely, Perth was probably my favourite overall. So as far as teammates, culture and... Um, like location, I had a really good two years. I loved my time in Perth. I, I lived in um, Scarborough and Fremantle and um, part of a championship there and just had really good guys as teammates. So that was really enjoyable. I love Melbourne though. My family was in Melbourne. Um, I lived with my family for one of the seasons that I played with Melbourne. They used to come to every home game. My friends were there. Um, so that was great. And I really enjoyed Cairns as well. Um, the, my teammate, we had we lost 14 games in a row up there and I had such an awesome time because 
my teammates were so so fun to hang around with. Like road trips were enjoyable. Practice was enjoyable. Even though we were losing, no one ever pointed the finger. It wasn't like one of those seasons where it's just a slog. Um, and then coming down here to Sydney is like, you know, I get to play with all these guys that I played with when I was 18. You know, at the, at the Brad and Yuli and I were at the AIS together when we were 18. So, you know, he's done his path and I've done my path and we've sort of come back and, and met at the end. So it's been... Yeah, it's been a pretty enjoyable career, sort of bouncing around and playing with different guys and seeing the country because I hadn't really been. You know, I grew up in Tassie, so I hadn't seen a whole lot of the country other than Melbourne. Um, and then, you know, playing in the NBL. Now I get to travel and now I've lived there, all these places. I live in Wollongong now. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a good ride. Absolutely, you get to see you get to see everywhere and doing something that you love playing basketball. I mean, geez, you, you laugh and that's great. I reckon. I just think that's so awesome that um, that you've been able to do that and, and yeah, to contribute to so many so many different teams. Um, how did you get into basketball? Let's go right back. How did you get into basketball right in the beginning in Tassie? Yeah, so we, um, my family and I lived on the coast, and then we moved <clears throat> we moved more um, inland, I guess. Um, to Launceston and uh, yeah they just wanted me to meet other kids my own age so they got me into sport and at that time you couldn't you know at that age six years old I don't think you can play footy um, because of the um, physicality and the contact sports with like they you know they're wary of like head knocks whatever so I just started playing basketball at the YMCA and then just from there made friends my friends played just sort of grew from there and then eventually moved away from the YMCA into like domestic comps and rep rep teams. And then, yeah, just, I eventually started playing football. Um, and then when I was 16, I had to make a choice out of the two because the commitments were getting too much. Like I would come off the ground playing footy on a Sunday afternoon and I'd just be like covered in dirt and mud and be like mucking around in the change rooms with my guy, with my teammates. And my dad would come into the change room and he'd be like, hurry up, come on, we've got basketball practice. Like get in the shower. And so I'm in the sheds at footy, like having a shower and then just jumping in the car and going straight to basketball training. It just, like it got too much. I don't know how I had the energy for it, but it was just, it was too much for my parents to be driving around and time commitments were crazy. So I had to choose... Um, and I'd been playing basketball for much longer and the opportunities I thought like get to play for your country get to go travel overseas like there's just it just opened up more doors um, for me so that's why I stuck with it so you headed over well, I suppose when you got to of college age you went over there played in in the US you played for two colleges if I'm not mistaken Montana and then yep. uh, and then St Mary's um, how did you find the college experience is it is it all as cracked up to be pretty good fun? Yeah, I had an awesome time. So coming out of the AIS, you have to sit your, um, your SAT to become eligible for college. I thought you could just sit that at any time. Um, like it was just something that you go on, go online and do, but I guess you have to, it's scheduled, you know, like every couple of months you have to go and sit in a, like a town hall and there's a supervisor and it's really like a big deal. Um, so I missed the SAT sign, the cutoff for freshmen to sign. Um, and I was getting recruited out of the AIS, but all these huge schools like Memphis, Florida, um, Oregon. And 
I didn't sit my SAT and now all these schools are emailing me saying like, when can you come on a visit? And uh, what's your SAT score? We need to know if you're actually eligible. And I said, oh, well, I haven't, I actually haven't sat it yet. And um, I'm not going to sit it for like another couple of weeks. And literally they all just like stopped emailing like cold turkey, like never heard from him ever again. It was like this guy, we don't know if he's eligible or not, like not going to waste our time. So this school in Montana was a division two school and the coach said, will you pass the SAT? And I was like, yeah, easy. Like I'm not, you know, I'm an intelligent guy. I, I got this, no worries. He said, okay, well, I'll sign you if you promise you're going to pass. And so I signed and I passed and I ended up going there and played um, at D2 level for, for two years. And I just thought, man, I'm underachieving. Like I need to be up at D1 level for sure. So I made the transfer and went out to St. Mary's and had an awesome three years out there. It was great. And did you ever have aspirations to get to the to the NBA? Was that ever on the cards, or or what did you think? Um, I did my senior year. I was very much like very much focused on trying to get to the NBA. I had some coaches that were instilling like lots of confidence in me, and I knew like at that time. I think I was twenty three. I was like I was a freak athlete, um, and so athletically, I you know I could hold my own in the NBA, no worries. Um, we used to play open gym in the summer with a bunch of NBA guys and I would be totally fine against them. I just didn't have this mental commitment that I would wake up and like work on my game religiously every day. I got caught up in other things. Like I got caught up in going out. Um, St. Mary's is in Northern California. So there's some really like nice wealthy areas. There's San Francisco and then I just caught up, bundled up in that, worried about girls, worried about going to parties. I just didn't commit myself and dedicate myself like I should have. Um, so, yeah, it didn't work out. I mean, it's no one else's fault but my own, but um, definitely learned a lesson from that for other things moving forward in life. But, yeah, um, sadly, that, that one slipped away. I had a late workout with the Lakers two years after I graduated. Um, and that went well, but nothing eventuated of it. So, yeah. And so then after that, we came back to the NBL and, and, and played down here. So well, Melbourne Tigers, um, yeah, I suppose they were going through what well, the rebrand would have happened a little bit after you were there. Was that right? Was yeah, always... so I was there four or five years before the rebrand happened. Um, and then I did one year with Melbourne United before I moved over to Adelaide for a season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And we saw all of that um, transpire. And I, I mean, when you came to the Wildcats, I was like, hang on, we're on here. This is going to be all right. And um, yeah, I was right, um, <laughs> as always. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, modest too. But we saw that um, your game develop. I mean, currently out of contract, are you, are you still looking for another season? Or uh, what's, the, what's the plan now? Not sure? Yeah, I'd be happy to play another season. Mentally, I'm, I'm good. Um, physically, for my age, I'm great. Um, it's just whether or not, you know, there's an opportunity there. Um, there's other people to consider in my life now. So, you know, back in my early days, it was just me. I could just throw a bunch of shit in a bag and I, and I could leave the next morning. But I've got other people now that sort of I have to take into consideration with my decisions. But... Um, yeah, the league, there's a couple of changes this year with the whole COVID stuff. So there's one less roster spot and, you know, there's a bunch of things that probably don't work in my favour. So, um, 
yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not making any decisions right now, um, but we'll see. Yeah, oh, watch your space. Um, so we'll jump yeah. over to the. <laughs> we never know. We'll jump over to the NBA. Um, you were saying off air that you, you started getting back into it. They're about to fire back up in the bubble in Orlando, wide world of sports center at uh, uh, Walt Disney World. Um, interesting concept. Um, there's been some a whole heap of chatter. A lot of the guys have, must have been a bit silver spoon fed. It feels like, and they're, they're staying in a luxury resort and still complaining. Um, Stephen Adams came out from the the Thunder, a good Kiwi lad. He, he came out and, and said, it's not Syria, it's actually a resort and the food's a bit dry, but otherwise it's pretty good. Do you I think saw that. that mm. Oh, phenomenal. That guy's a character. I he's funny as. Um, and doesn't hold back, which is what I like. Do you think this bubble concept can work at the moment? They've got no COVID in there. The scrimmages start tomorrow, so they're going to be doing some scratch matches um, from tomorrow morning. Do you think it? Do you think it holds up? Yeah, I mean, like it holds up if the guys that are in there commit to it and dedicate to it. If they're not trying to like sneak out and do shit or like bring people in on sneaky, like of course it's going to work. Like it should, you know, the idea behind it being like a lockdown compound is, you know, if everyone like abides by the rules, which they won't, something will happen. I'm sure. Um, that's just human nature. Like someone will think that, you know, it's not going to happen to me. I'll sneak out, be good, or someone can come in. Like, I mean, I hope it, it stays completely free of COVID cases because then everything can just go on. But as soon as, like, one thing happens, they're going to shut the whole thing down. So I'm, I'm pumped. Like, I'm pumped for it to get going. I think it's going to be good. I can't wait to watch the games. I'm pumped for the WNBA to start up this weekend as well. Uh, I was actually quite disappointed. I saw today that... Um, New York play Seattle, and um, I was pretty keen to watch that. Um, you know, Sabrina, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, uh, neither, but uh, I know who you're talking about. She's an absolute gun. Um, yeah, I was I can't wait to watch her play and see how she goes, but it's on at two o'clock in the morning here, so oof. I might just have to catch a replay. Yeah, see the highlights later on. Um, no doubt she's going to be an absolute star as well of that league. Um, you know, we see, we see, like you were talking about um, guys sneaking out and the like. We've seen a few guys uh, have to go into quarantine because they've, they've breached it, picking up Uber Eats and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they've walked over the boundaries and, and, and guys have had to go into quarantine. I, honestly, as, as a fan, I'm just, I'm praying. I'm praying that they just stick to their guns and say, all right, well, let's just stay in this area. And, and you know, families and the like will be let in, I think, in the second round of the playoffs. So maybe, oh, about three weeks' time uh, for the guys that make it that far. You'd think it would get easier um, as they uh, as teams get eliminated. There'd be less and less people in the bubble, but fingers crossed that that, I reckon, is the most dangerous part is when they're bringing in these families from outside and, and being able to look after people of all different ages. I think, um, yeah, they're not all uh, athletic mid-20s to 30s guys who are probably in the best physical, uh, I suppose, state of their lives, um, that is, I think, the scariest part, man. Hopefully they can navigate that. No doubt they, they will. Um, so that's, that's something they're going to have to take into consideration. Um, who's your tip? Who's your tip for the, uh, for the chip this year? Do you have any favourites? Um, I don't know, man. I have to say the Lakers look pretty good. Um, 
but I think they lost they lost two guards, didn't they? they yes, Rondo they, broke his thumb, and Avery Bradley. He's, like, he's not coming. Yeah. Um. So that kind of that um, kind of sucks. So then I guess who's next there? And there's the Clippers looking kind of nice. Mm, you, the usual stuff. <laughs> yeah, the Raptors. You know the usual. I don't think any. I don't know if there'll be any upsets. I saw um, Charles Barkley said the other day the Blazers were going to beat the Lakers in the first round. He says that every year and jinxes them. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. They've got to get there first. Um, you know, they're they're ninth at the moment. They've got to, uh, I suppose, outrank Memphis or at least trigger a play in. They've got all these uh, strange rules to be able to get into that eighth seed. Memphis uh, had Justice Winslow go down with a hip injury. He's gone for the resumption. So um, I think there might be a, a, a silver lining in that because he hadn't played with them before. So they were trying to uh, to force him into the starting lineup, I think, um, without having any, uh, I suppose, pre-existing relationship with the guys. He was traded and then as an injured player, uh, had only just got healthy and he's injured again. Um I'm a Pelicans fan. Pelicans and Blazers are my two teams. So both of them are vying, vying for the uh, for that spot. Um, I, I think Pelicans are going to get them. I want to know why you're a Pelicans fan. Like, where did that come from? Um, well, you know, so originally Blazers fan all the way through. Big fan of, uh, of LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, uh, a podcast I host is Pelicans Scoop, uh, which is a New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I needed someone to take it over, um, over at Hoopball. I put my hand up and said, yeah, let's do that. Let's learn about the Pelicans. So it's really, it's been a this season thing, which is not a bad time to join because you've got Brandon Ingram, you've got Zion Williamson, you've got these guys, Alonzo Ball. It's a pretty exciting time to be a, a, a Pelicans fan, especially with all their uh, tumultuous off-season. Don't forget Diddy Lazada. Yeah, Diddy Lazada, yeah. Well, I'm surprised he um, he wasn't considered... Well, he probably was. Uh, they were looking at his eligibility, I think, to bring him into this... Uh, his off season, his uh, his Twitter's been going pretty pretty hard with the uh, um, with the Pelican stuff, so that's been pretty interesting. You got to you yeah. got to see him firsthand. What do you reckon of him? I was really impressed. I I had no idea. I had no idea about him at all before I came uh, to Sydney, and then when he got here and he was playing, I thought, holy shit, this this kid's good. Like. He's well beyond his years, so I'm I'm excited for him to to get into the NBA and see see him do his thing there. Well, he torched the Wildcats in in one of the uh, the earlier games in the season, or it might have been preseason even. And I looked at him, I go, oh, this guy's going to cause some um, some absolute damage. I think when he gets over there, I think he was he was here to learn English or improve his English a bit and and his game. And um, yeah, going to be very interesting. I think there's going to be a spot for him over at the uh, at the Pels. Very soon, especially if he keeps working on his on his English and his game, um, he'll fit in there. He's a he's pretty athletic sort of guy, is he? Yeah, he is athletic. He's really fast. Um, <clears throat> he's smart, and yeah, like you said, he can shoot the shit out of it. I think he hit seven threes against the Wildcats in that preseason game, and then um, there's a couple of other games during the year where he hit like multiple, multiple threes. Um, so, yeah, and English is getting pretty good too. So, he would take his English lessons every afternoon online. Um, barely spoke English when he first arrived here. But by the end, by the end of the season, he would throw in some cheeky comments and talk some shit. So, he, he was picking up on his English quite well by the end. That's great. Well, I think Pelicans fans are pretty uh, pretty excited to see him. Um, I know 
there's been a, a few question marks, especially on the socials. They're going, how good is this guy? And well, there's, there it is, you know, <laughs> he's going to be all right. So fingers crossed he can get into the lineup and, um, and we see some substantial minutes from him. I think uh, the sky's the limit for that kid. I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we uh, before we wrap it up, and, and Lucas again, I, I appreciate you coming on here. Number one, number one guest. You know, wouldn't have had anyone else. We had it's only, the, down, only downhill from here, mate. I'm sorry. That's what. Yeah, well, I 100% agree. Um, and, and obviously, whoever's next guest is, is going to hear this, and they'll they'll probably shut me down now. But Lucas, it has been absolutely fantastic. We we met over your idea um, for the the bubble book club, I suppose it was, or the COVID lockdown book club. What, what triggered that idea? The last dance had just come out. Um, what, what was the, uh, the, the idea behind that? It's been great. It's been great fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just sort of popped into my head one day that I was, I think I was walking. It might've been one night I was walking to get something to eat. I was living in Olympic park at the time and it was like, right. As a lockdown had sort of been in effect for a couple of weeks. And I thought, you know what? everyone's everyone's hurting right now like there's a there's a bunch of guys in the same boat as me who are missing sport and you know they probably have to stay locked down they don't get to talk about it at the office you know everyone wasn't really working so i just thought maybe this kind of idea of like getting a basketball topic and like-minded people to just all get together and link up over um like a zoom chat would be some sort of way to break up the monotony of the quarantine and yeah, it was good, man. Like, you know, you were there. We had five episodes, five weeks, and we started off an hour and a half was week one, and by week five, it was three and a half hours. So we literally increased our calls by half an hour um, over the five weeks. It was really good. Like, I loved it. Yeah, it was, it was awesome incentive. And, and you, you're spot on. We were all moving into that working from home and locked down. And so you didn't get that communication. Tuesday evenings, that became my, uh, my solace. You come over and you have a beer and you, you chat to all the guys and talk about the last dance. And um, that took the world by a storm. So I'd like to thank you for, for setting that up. That was great, I think. And I think a whole heap of guys, uh, I've made some great connections with it as well, yourself included. Uh, first and foremost, Lucas Walker, I'd like to thank you for joining us on Didn't Call Bank. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on, Lyle. That's awesome. So, guys, how good was that? Had a good chat with Lucas, uh, absolute champion of a bloke. Um, fantastic guy. He's also now, since then, uh, started his new business, Repin, R-E-P-N. Uh, so, if you're in Sydney, um, there's a few different spots there. It's basketball fitness, which... Um, is something he was working on he alluded to in the thing but it wasn't ready to go then it's now fired up so make sure you go and check that out as well um fantastic guy and uh would love to support him in any way we can uh here at hoopball of course the guys that support us mybookie.ag and also uh manscaped.com great friends of the show and of hoopball so make sure you go and uh, subscribe to them and check them out as well hoopball 20 is the code for manscaped just type in hoopball in the box when you sign up on my bookie. Otherwise, guys, I'm just going to leave it with that. It was a postponed day, so I thought we could have a little random uh, interview that uh, I quite enjoyed. And I uh, hope you guys did too. A little bit of Pell's talk at the end. Um, so, yeah, I'll leave you with that. As always, I'm Lyle Swithenbank. This is the Pelican Scoop. Bye for now.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.